Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. What is up, Rethink Life Church? Come on, somebody. Some of you are looking at me and saying, who is the guest speaker? Michelle didn't say anything about the guest speaker today. Well, hey, I want you to know, uh, first and foremost, it is amazing to be back in person. And uh, obviously, I decided to do something radical on my sabbatical. I shaved my head. And uh, so, yeah, so anyway, um, it was one of those things where, you know, should I, should I not? And uh, it was funny because when I walked out a few moments ago, kind of looking at everybody, everybody kind of had that moment. It's like, hey, who is this guy? And there was that cross between confusion, deep concern, and shock. So, Anyway, I've been kind of feeling that myself for the last few days. But no, in all seriousness, uh, during our break, uh, we were at the beach. We had a couple of our kids that came in. And uh, so we were just sitting around and uh, talking. And, and uh, the, it came into the conversation. And so uh, for years, I had been talking about the idea of shaving my head just for the sheer sake of doing it. And, uh, but I never had the courage to actually take action on it. And so the kids kept saying, well, Dad, listen, you've been talking about it forever. Why don't you just do it? And then my son Luke spoke up and he said, yeah, Dad, why don't you practice what you preach? You always tell people to step out of their comfort zone. He he said, it's time to man up. He said, shave your head. He said, you've had the same stinking hairstyle forever since I've known you. So I handed him the clippers and the rest is history. And uh, so, obviously, people keep asking me the question, are you going to keep it that way? Well, that's the million-dollar question. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm loving it, to be honest with you. And I've uh, been trying to get into swimming and doing some new stuff that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. But let me also just say this. Um, you know, it's been crazy because we were so excited about coming back. And many of you, I'm sure you heard, uh, Michelle and I both came down with covid And so here, two and a half years, you know, go by, and we were fortunate to escape the whole COVID thing, and then it finally hit us. I mean, just hit Michelle first, and then a few days later, I got it, and then I, uh, she was making improvements, but I continued to get worse, couldn't figure it out. Long story short, ended up having strep throat on top of the COVID that we learned after some scarlet fever that I had uh, contracted because of the strep, so that set us back, and Uh, So, unfortunately, I was not able to be back Sunday, this past Sunday, like I had planned on. But I'm so grateful for Dr. Linda Travelu, who stepped in and did a fantastic job. Thank you so much, uh, Linda, for allowing God to use you and just being available, being uh, ready to step into a moment's notice that way. And I know God used you to impact so many through the message that God put on your heart. And uh, and Jill just emphasized a second ago... A very, very dear friend of ours, uh, Pastor Leo Bigger, is going to be in the house next Sunday. This is a big deal, and I really want to encourage you not just to be here, but just bring as many people as you can. Uh, Leo Bigger, 
I would be safe to say Pastor is the largest church in all of Europe. Um, his church has a network of churches in over 13 countries around the world. Um, his ICF, what they call the ICF, International Church Fellowship Movement, and the ICF Worship Movement, um, they're kind of known as the Hillsong, if you will, of Europe when it comes to their worship and an incredible, incredible church. In fact, it's the church. Michelle and I went there in 2019, and I had the opportunity to speak at uh, ICF, and it was truly just a life-changing experience. It enlarged our vision and so much of what they've accomplished in Zurich, Switzerland, when it comes to their building, how they pulled off their building, as you can only imagine, and some very, very expensive real estate right in the heart of downtown Zurich, Switzerland. And the model that they have used to build and to accomplish what they have accomplished is something that we are looking at right here in Lake Nona. And I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to be spending some time with him uh, next week. And uh, as he's coming in, he, he's actually spending the whole month uh, here in the state of Florida. He's speaking at various churches. And he's going to be with us next Sunday. And I uh, cannot wait for you to hear him. He's an amazing, amazing guy. One of the most uh, innovative people I've ever been around. And I uh, cannot wait for you to get to hear what God puts on his heart to share. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. Well, with all of that said, it's time for change. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for a change. It is time for a change. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk with you about the subject of changing the way you think about change. You know, most of us don't like change, right? I put off making a change in my life for a long time as far as something as small or as little or insignificant as even shaving my head. But when you think about change, most people usually do not embrace change. We resent change. We avoid change. We procrastinate on making changes. But here's what I know to be true. People make changes for one of two reasons. People make changes because they have to or because they want to. For example, if you wanted to quit smoking, you would make some changes, right? Not because maybe it's something you want to do. It might be something that you have to do. But on the flip side, it might be something that you want to do to be healthier, to be stronger. Same is true when it comes to, you know, things such as maybe the idea of losing weight. You know, when people make changes when it comes to the issue of losing weight, they lose weight either because they have to or perhaps because they want to. Same is true in our marriage relationship. When you think about our marriage relationship or if you're a parent and your relationship with your children... If you want to have a strong, healthy, growing, vibrant marriage and family, well, we have to make some adjustments. We have to make some changes, either because we want to or because we have to. And there are two specific questions today that I want to just kind of serve as the foundation to get you thinking about change. Change for change in your life. I'm going to have a on the screen and the first is this are there areas in your life that you're not satisfied with or perhaps is causing you not to be fulfilled 
That's question number one. Question number two is this. Is the place where you're currently at in life where you want to be? Two big questions. Both have a lot to do with where we are and where we desire to go. And here's what I know to be true. You cannot become who you need to be by remaining who you are. We have to make changes in our lives in order to bring about change in lives. And there's no greater person that we can go to than God himself to help us make the necessary changes. Amen? Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who's in the business of the life-changing business? He is in the business of helping us make changes that we need to make. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the people living in Corinth. And here's what he said. He said, so we have evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. In other words, they saw Jesus as just a normal human being. Even though they knew there was something unique and distinctive about him, they saw him, they viewed him, they looked at him as a normal human being. However, how differently we know him now. Because he was not just some ordinary human being. He was risen from the grave. He came back to life, which set him apart. It helped people understand that he was not just who he claimed to be, but he truly was the son of the living God. He was the resurrected Christ. And so therefore, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, what? A new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Isn't that amazing? That God has brought about change in our lives so that we, in return can help bring about change in other people's lives. Change for change. And so when you think about the thing that God wants us to understand is this. And this is the point of change in our lives. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, here's what you need to understand. What you need to understand is that God changes you from the inside out. He makes the change from the inside out that's manifested through the changes that are produced through Christ on the outside. He gives us not only a new heart, but he also gives us a new spirit, the Bible says, and he gives us a whole new perspective. You need to understand that your salvation, listen, is not just a one and done deal. Your salvation is not limited to just praying a prayer at the end of the service and raising your hand. Listen, that is the starting point of change. But the ongoing part of change is known as sanctification. In other words, it is who we are becoming in the process. You will never learn to endure for Jesus until you first understand how to enjoy Jesus in your everyday life. 
And that is the sanctification of setting ourselves apart so that we are growing, so that we are changing, so that we are ultimately becoming more and more like the person of Jesus Christ. That's the kind of change that God wants to bring about in our lives. And you know what the key to enjoying Jesus is? The key to enjoying Jesus, the key to changing in our lives, the key to growing and becoming all that God has destined for us to be is to learn how to walk with Jesus on a day-by-day basis, by spending quality time with him, by walking in sync with him, by walking with him in fellowship, by growing our relationship with him in a very real personal and intimate way and here's the reason why because Jesus said it this way in John 15 5 Jesus said I am the vine in other words I'm the source I'm the vine you're the branches and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit and then notice the outcome apart from Jesus we can't change apart from Jesus we can't have the marriage that we need to have Apart from Jesus, we can't be the parents that God's called us to be. Apart from Jesus, students, listen, we can't make an impact in our school campus the way God wants us to have. Listen, we cannot make the changes alone in our lives. We need to be connected and we need to stay connected to the power source, the one who brings about the change in our lives. It's the change for change. So there are five specific things that we're going to talk about real quick when it comes to five areas in our lives that I think many of us need to think about and evaluate when it comes to perhaps making some changes that we need to make. And these are not an exhaustive list. In fact, I would be safe to say if you could narrow your life down to about five specific things, I would highly recommend you adopting these five things. And the first and foremost is this. It's about making changes when it comes to our faith. What changes do we need to make when it comes to growing and developing our faith life? The question is, do you have a Sunday-only God? I don't know about you, but I don't want to just have a Sunday-only relationship with God. I don't want the only kind of relationship that I have with God to be limited to an hour and a half on Sunday morning. And perhaps just only doing that maybe twice a month if I'm lucky. No, I want a everyday, moment by moment, faith that is growing, that is being stretched. I want my faith to be renewed and to be stirred up. I want my faith to be enlarged. I want my faith to be at the center of every single area of my life. And here's what the scripture says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please who? God. It is impossible for you to please God without living and walking each and every day by faith in the one who loves you and the one who gave his son Jesus to die for you. Listen, that is the whole purpose of having church. That's the whole purpose of us gathering together in an atmosphere like this. We're not doing it out of 
duty. No, we're coming out of delight to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He inhabits the praises of his people. The whole purpose for a Sunday morning worship experience is the pep rally. It's to stir up our faith. It is to receive encouragement and inspiration from the power of God and through the power of believers coming together to renew our hearts, to renew our vision, to renew our faith, to get back into the world and to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Because we need it. We need each other. And we need to surround ourselves in an atmosphere where faith is being lifted up. So the question is, are we making changes that need to be made when it comes to growing in our faith? It's the reason why we're doing 21 days of prayer starting on August the 8th. And if you've never participated in 21 days of prayer, we've been doing this for years. It's always one of the highlights of the year. We do it twice a year. We do it in August and we do it in January because those are the two natural beginning points of a calendar year. School's getting ready to start, which I'm sorry to put a damper on all the, the kids, but all the parents are saying, praise God, can't wait for it to start. But school's getting ready to start. And, you know, a lot of times people are apprehensive about getting into new routines. You know, there's a little bit of stress, anxiety. Some are transitioning into new schools, new grades, new changes, new things that are happening. But rather than us just taking off and going with the flow and doing what everybody else is doing, I want us to spend the first 21 days, and I want us to consecrate. I want us to come before God. At 6 a.m., we're going online live every day for 21 days. And we're going to press in, and we're going to push hard in faith. And we're going to ask God to put his super on our natural to bring about change in our lives, in our schools, in our city, in our nation, unlike, listen, we've ever experienced before. So we're going to pave the way. Pave the way through prayer. Listen, prayer is not our last resort. It is our first response, and we're going on the offense with prayer. We're going to be proactive with prayer. That's how we can stir up our faith. So we got to build up our faith. we got to grow up our faith. we got to stir up our faith. What changes do we need to make when it comes to growing our faith? The second area... Or perhaps changes that we need to make in our relationships. This is such an incredibly important area of our lives. One of our core values here at Rethink Life are people are our heart. We don't always get that right. But at the end of the day, that's our heart. It's our passion. It's our vision. We want to see people who are far from God. We want to see them come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We want to see the lost saved. We want to see people one to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, people need Jesus. And we have people in our lives, family members, and we have classmates, and we have neighbors, and we have business associates, and we have people in our circles of influence who desperately need Jesus. But the question is, who are we spending our time with? And more specifically, how are we spending our time with those that we have the opportunity to influence? Here's the thing. If you're married, let me ask you a question. When it comes to your relationship currently, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 not being so great, 10 being awesome, how would you rate your current 
marriage relationship. He said, well, currently we give it maybe a four and a half, a five. Okay, my, bit, my next question would be, what are two or three changes that you need to make over the next 90 days that would take you from a four and a half to a five to a six and a half to a seven? Whatever changes that need to be made, listen, you can either make a change because you have to or because you want to. The same is true when it comes to our coworkers and the people around us. What changes do we need to make to be brighter light, to be saltier salt? Are we loving God more and loving people better? How are we doing on the love thy neighbor part of the great commandment in our lives? We'll all say, hey, I love the Lord. But the bigger question is, do we love our neighbor as much as I love myself? Because listen, there are people around us who are lost and there are people who are different from where we are, maybe in our relationship with God or maybe in our views or in our values. But at the end of the day, God wants us to win our neighbors because listen, we are the only hope. We have the keys and the keys are found in knowing Jesus Christ. So how are we doing in our relationships How are we doing, students, on the friendship factor of those that we have the opportunity to influence? Listen, look at your current associations because the people that you are currently hanging out with, associating with, going to dinners on Friday and Saturday nights with, people that you are identifying with, people that you spend time with, whoever those people are, they are determining the direction that you are currently moving in your life. And the question is, who's influencing who? Listen, our friends are either, they're like an elevator. They're either taking us up or they're bringing us down. And we have to understand that, listen, when it comes to having an impact on people's lives, God wants us to focus on those around us. Because, listen, when the the Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and you would be wise, but associate with fools and you get into all kinds of trouble, right? That's why I'm excited about our life groups. We've had an amazing summer life group season and semester. We're getting ready to launch back uh, in the fall for our, our fall season of life groups. And we'll be cranking those up the end of August and first part of September. And I want you to even begin now thinking about either hosting a group, doing your own group, participating with another group, but I want you to put groups on your mind and put groups on your heart because I want everybody who calls Rethink Life Church their church, I want everybody to make a commitment to do life together with other people in the context of small groups this fall. Listen, we need one another. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need people in our lives that will help sharpen us, that will help us bring about the changes that we need to make so that we can become all that God has created us to be. Amen? So what changes do we need to make when it comes to our faith? So we can grow, so we can become all that God's created us to be. What changes do we need to make when it comes to our relationships, our marriage, our family relationships, our coworkers, our friends? Are there changes that need to be made? Number three is this. What about changes in our values? We're facing a crisis of values in our culture today. And sadly and unfortunately, our current culture is canceling, deconstructing, 
and destroying everything that this nation has been built upon. And we have to understand that we face a real spiritual adversary, an enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy wants to do everything to destroy what is good. The enemy wants to do everything to take away what God has given to us. He wants to take away our freedom. He wants to take away everything that is important to our lives. He wants to strip it away. That's what the enemy's agenda is. And listen, we have got to understand that our character is based on the values that help shape our lives. So we can either embrace what the world is saying and we can go hard after what is popular and we can do what everybody else seems to be doing. But let me share something with you. At the end of the day, we got to have values that are unshakable, that are going to stand against the winds of the culture that is breathing down our necks. And I'm not getting political. I'm simply sharing with you principles from the word of God today. That we need to build our lives upon. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 7. He said, everyone who hears these teachings and applies them to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. And when the, rain, when the, when the rains fell and the floods came and with fierce winds beating upon its house, it stood firm. Why? Because of a strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching, and notice, and does not apply it to his life, can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came, with the wind and the waves beating upon its house, notice it collapsed and was swept away. And we're seeing this before our very eyes. We're seeing a culture that is beating down and raining upon people's lives unlike we've ever faced before. And we cannot just blend in. We as believers in Christ Jesus, we got to know not just who we are in Christ, but we got to know what we believe and why we believe it and define some non-negotiables in our lives that's going to set us apart in our marriage, that's going to set us apart as a family, that's going to set me apart as a businessman, that's going to set me apart as a businesswoman, that's going to set me apart as a student so that I stand out and stand up for Jesus to be be brighter light and saltier salt. That's how we're going to win. So we have to build our lives on values that matter. We have to value our values. And so my question to you and my challenge to you, what changes do you need to make? I would encourage you to maybe identify, have some conversations as a couple, as a family. Maybe in your own individual life, if you're a single, define today what are the non-negotiables, what virtues, what godly characteristics, what values, what priorities, what principles am I going to build my life upon so that whoever it is that I marry or whatever career path I take or whatever close companionships or friendships that I'm introduced to, I'm going to make sure that those people's values aren't aligned with my values. I want God's values to be my values because when God's values become my values, guess what? It gives us guardrails to protect us and guideposts to direct us. That's what values are there for. So we need to think about change when it comes to the right kind of values that we're going to be known for in our lives and as a family. Number four, your calling. 
So we've talked about changes in our faith, talked about changes in our relationships, changes in our values. What about, what about the, the changes that some of us need to make to pursue our calling? Some of you maybe have never thought about this or heard of something like this, but let me help you understand what I mean by calling on your life. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says it this way. For God saved us, that's the first part, and called us. Did you get that? He saved us and he called us, notice, to a holy life. You need to understand if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been saved and you've been called. You've been called to a holy life. You've been called to a person. His name is Jesus. It goes on to say, he did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. You got to understand something. Every one of us who call ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the call of the living God on your life. That means that you have been saved and you have been set apart to live different from the norm. You know what? The Bible says that we as believers are a peculiar people. So therefore, we are saved and we are sanctified. That's the becoming process to be set apart, to be different, to be called to a holy life, that simply means as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have been called as a man to be a godly husband to my wife, to be a godly father to my children. As a mother, you are called of God to be a godly wife, to be a godly mother. You are called to be a godly businessman and businesswoman. Listen, you are called to be a godly single adult. You are called to be a godly student. And listen, if somebody calls you weird because of the call of God on your life, then say, thank you for the compliment. Listen, normal is overrated. Let's get weird if that's what it means to be weird because we want to be set apart and be different for the glory of God because we've been saved and we've been called to live a holy life. And you need to understand that your calling also has a destiny attached to it. In other words, you have a divine assignment on your life. God did not create you. And after he created you, scratch himself on the head and say, now what in the world am I going to do with him? What in the world am I going to do with her now? No, God created you specifically for a divine design. He has an assignment on your life. And here's the change. The change is, what changes do you need to make in your life to free you up to pursue the destiny that God has for you? In other words, to find a ministry that God wants to use you in to help make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. To help advance his church. To help build up the body. To help carry out the message that is so desperately needed. You know what the scripture teaches us? I love this. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. And he created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I'm excited about next Sunday because we're actually 
Uh, one of the things I've done this summer is I've revamped uh, some things that we're adding to our welcome party. And a part of what we're adding to our welcome party is uh, an opportunity for people to learn their spiritual gifts and also learn one of five specific personality traits. You say, why is that so important? Because we all have, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have at least one spiritual gift. Most of us have multiple spiritual gifts. And sadly and unfortunately, some studies even show that 85% of the people who are inside the church today don't, do not even know or understand what their spiritual gifts are. God has placed gifts on your life. And you need to know what those gifts are. And you, know how, you need to know how to exercise and use those gifts to bring honor and glory to God and to advance his purposes. There are certain unique personalities and characteristics that God has uniquely wired, with, wired you with. Some of you are extroverts. Some of you are introverts. Listen, some of you are tremendous with people. Some of you are tremendous with tasks. But at the end of the day, we are all wired in a way that God needs because there's an assignment. There is a mission. There is a ministry that he wants you to fulfill. And listen, your career is what you get paid for, but your ministry is what God made you for. And if you're not serving, you are swerving when it comes to God's will for your life. That's just a part of the calling that he has for each of us. Listen, we can all do something small for the kingdom of God for the one who did something big on the cross over 2,000 years ago. So today... What changes do we need to make to free up ourselves so that we can serve on the dream team? So that we can find a ministry and an opportunity to make a difference to touch people's lives. Anybody getting anything out of this? Change for change. We can change because we have to. Or we can change because we want to. But either way we got to change. We can't stay the same. Which leads me to the last point. And that is this. Some of us need to make changes in the area of growth. Now, what I shared at the very beginning when it comes to faith, making changes in our lives so that we can grow in our faith serves as the foundation for all other areas of growth in our lives. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7 says it this way. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Notice, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow, I love this, with thanksgiving with thankfulness it's the reason why as I stated a few moments ago we're going to set aside 21 days and we're going to embark upon a spiritual growth journey and for some of us we need to start making some changes to start growing not just in our spiritual life but just grow in our personal life and our personal growth getting healthier and stronger in every dimension of our lives. You know why that's important? Listen, because healthy things grow. You look at the life of Jesus. 
The Bible says in Luke 2, 52, Jesus grew in wisdom. In other words, intellectually, in his knowledge, he grew in wisdom. The Bible says he grew in stature. That means physically he developed and matured. He also grew in favor with God. He grew in his relationship with God spiritually. And the Bible says, and with the people. In other words, he grew in his relationships with other people. He was developing. He was growing. Why? Because Jesus understood the value of growth. Healthy things grow. And my question to you is, what changes do you need to make to bring about change for change that will help you grow? Because here's the thing, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. There's something known as the pain of change. What is the pain of change? The pain of change is this. We can either make decisions and changes and endure the pain of discipline in order to achieve, in order to reach the next level, in order to grow and become who God has created us to be. So the pain of change, we can either... Experience the pain of the discipline that it requires to make the necessary changes. Or we can experience the, the pain of change when it comes to the pain of regret. The regret is the should-haves and the could-haves. The pain of regret is why didn't I make those changes? Why didn't we make those changes in our marriage? Why couldn't I have stopped doing some of the things that I should have stopped a long time ago. Well, we had a choice. People make changes because they either want to or because they have to. My encouragement today is that we ask ourselves two important questions. What do I need to stop doing to bring about change in my life and number two what do I need to start doing in order to bring about change in my life change for change turn your neighbor and say it's time to change bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, I just want to give you a moment to process and to think about, to pray through what we've talked about. Changes in your life pain of discipline, the pain of regret. What do we need to stop doing to bring about change? What do we need to start doing to bring about change in our lives? We don't need more willpower. What we need is God's power at work. He's the one that brings about the change that we so desperately need. And some of you here today, maybe you're a follower of Jesus. There's no doubt in your heart. You're committed. You know in your heart 
there was a moment, there was a time, there was a place where you put your faith and your trust in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. But maybe you're not where you could be. Maybe you're not where you should be. Maybe there's some changes that need to be made. Maybe you need to recommit your heart back to God. Maybe you need to stir up your faith once again. Maybe today in your heart, you just need to ask God to, not just to forgive you, but to renew your heart, renew your passion. To help you make whatever necessary changes. To help you become all that he's created you to be. To reach your destiny. To fulfill your assignment. Some of you here today, maybe you're here as a, as a guest. Maybe a friend invited you. I just want you to know I'm so thankful and honored that you're here. you got an amazing friend if you had a friend invite you to church today. It's the kind of friends we need. Maybe you're here and you're unclear, you're uncertain about your relationship with God and You've been to church, you've tried religion, but maybe what's missing is a relationship. If you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus by putting your faith and your trust in Him, can I just invite you right where you are to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life today? You can begin the change today. This might be the starting point for you to see change in your future by making the most important change in your life today by making Jesus the Lord of your life. And if that's your need, would you pray this prayer? Say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Today I believe in my heart that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. And he arose again. And today, by faith, I'm inviting Jesus into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, no one's looking. But if you happen to have prayed that prayer, maybe you prayed that prayer there online. You watched today you made that decision in your heart watching online wherever you are I just want to invite you if you prayed that prayer in the room would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today saying count me in I just prayed that prayer and I shame to admit it that's awesome thank you it's wonderful thank you father we're so thankful for those who lifted their hands for those who are making important commitments in their heart take those steps of faith to bring about needed change in their life. God, I pray today as we press in, as we come close to you, Father, you would press into us, that you would come close to us. Father, we love you. God, we exalt you today. God, we celebrate who you are. God, we celebrate the good things. God, we celebrate, Lord, all that you've called us to be, all that you're calling us and inviting us to do to make an eternal difference for you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.